0: He said, whose fault is this? And I was like, I don't know, not me. (music) Welcome to the Monarch Experience. I am your host, Mr. Ancona. Thank you for listening to another episode. I think this is the big 3 Oh, my goodness. How did I not plan something more extravagant than this? Ah, I should have had streamers and cake. Well, either way, happy, happy 30th to the Monarch Experience. 30 episodes, not 30 years. I hope, oh, my goodness. Imagine if we got 30 years. We're only on year three. We got 27 left to go. But I am your host, Mr. Ancona, uh, and here at the Monarch Experience Podcast, we are giving students the platform to voice their opinions about what matters most to them. And today, what matters most to them is not the grades. That doesn't sound like proper English, but today we are talking about how grades don't matter. And I am so pumped this has been an episode that I cannot even believe has like gone over my head or it's made it through this long. Uh, because if for students that know me, this is, this is, this is it. Like this is everything that I believe in, in life and in teaching. Uh, but we'll get there. We'll have plenty of time to unpack this. i uh, before we talk with three amazing students about how grades aren't important and grades are not everything and all that stuff. Uh, we're trying to do two new things here at the Monarch Experience. Numero uno, see how multicultural we are. Uh, numero uno, we are trying to have a redesign of the logo. We're gonna be doing a contest of some sort. Uh, Information will be presented and pushed out to the world. Not the world, only Memorial. Um, And basically the gist of it is going to be as simple as this. Redesign the logo, done. And then numero dos is leave a voice message. So it's been almost a full year of 2020 and I'd like to return it. I am good. No thank you. This product has been defective. It no longer works. So, but there are good things that come from 2020. So obviously instead of us focusing on all the things that are understandably so negative, so divisive, uh, what I would like for students to do is for you to go to anchor.fm and click on the leave a voice message button and share some good news. I don't care what it is. Share some good news that has either happened to you your sports team, obviously we won't be hearing from any Jets fans, your family, in school, out of school, whatever it may be, send a voicemail to the Monarch Experience, keep it to about 30 seconds or less and share with us some good news, something you're proud of, something you're excited for, something you're excited about Uh, and we will have it aired, posted, it will be on future episodes in the Monarch Experience as we move forward. So share some good news or else, And I'll be the first one to share some good news of 2020. I get to still podcast. There, done. All right. So today we are joined. I am joined. Apparently I am multiple people. But we are joined today by three amazing students, one former returning student. And we're going to start with Danielle. Danielle, you've been on um, one episode?
1: Yeah, one episode.
0: One episode. Yeah. So Danielle, welcome back to the Monarch Experience. Uh, Just when you. you thought you'd get rid of me. Uh, I pull you right back in. That's my Pacino. That's my Pacino. Danielle, uh, you have anything you want to plug? Anything that's going on in your life?
1: Um, oh, Marlboro High School Theater Society is putting on a Seussified Christmas Carol on December 18th and 19th over Zoom. Um, so if you were to Google Marlboro High School Theater Society, you would find our Facebook page and there is a link to our website and eventually there should be ticket information on said website which will be linked to our facebook so if y'all are interested i'm like such a typical theater kid like hey come see my show uh you remember back during footloose mr and co i was literally writing it in big letters on the (laughs) yes every day Um, every day yes so you know um Of course, you know, this is a show we're trying to give back to the community and everything. Um, So if you would like to see the show, anyone who's listening, you know, uh, tickets will be there.
0: Awesome, Danielle. It is so good to have you back. It's so great to chat with you. Tarun, say hi to our audience. Hi, audience. Mason, Mason is returning from the last in-person episode that we did of the Monarch experience, and you may remember Mason from the 2020 baseball season preview, which obviously everything we did in that episode, Mason, did not end up happening, and none of it was accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Although, didn't you pick the Dodgers to go to the World Series?
2: Yeah, I picked, I picked the Dodgers, but I picked the Yankees to win it.
0: Me too. I had the bold prediction of Yankees over Dodgers in a clean sweep. Woof. <laughs> totally wrong. Totally wrong.
2: I put Yankees Dodgers, but I, I didn't put a sweep. Like I just put there in one.
0: Yeah. I try to like flex my most like shock uh, DJ or like shock radio host where I was like, it's going to be a sweep. Obviously I was wrong. What well, is so great to have the three of you here at the Monarch Experience and What's kind of cool about this, this is like the first episode we've ever done with uh, Memorial alumni and current students. So we are bridging the gap. We are bringing everyone together. Awesome. I'm so pumped. And I'm so pumped because today we are focusing on the idea of how grades don't matter. So the title, I think the working title is actually going to be like grades don't matter. You know, people who are listening to this right now, you're, you're, you're clicking the button on Anchor.fm or Spotify or iTunes or whatever, and you're like, grades don't matter. Then before we dive into really like what we mean by this and and Danielle, Mason, and Tarun breaking down kind of like their individual perspectives as well as mine, we're not saying that grades don't matter at all. That's a catchy title to get you to want to listen to the episode. We're going to be focusing on how grades aren't the only thing or the number one priority, and I really feel strongly about that. I don't believe that grades should be your number one priority as a student, but they are important, right? It is a way for for teachers and admin and school districts to be able to like get a snapshot of data in a really, really quick and accessible way. So before people read the title, listen to the episode and then get like their thumbs like furiously attacking me on Snapchat or keyboards or lighting on fire across Marlboro because they're like, I disagree with you, you're a fool. Just scale it back a second. Our focus is that they shouldn't be the focus of everything you do in school, that there's more important things, but they do matter to an extent to some people and rightfully so, we understand that. Now that we've got this disclaimer out of the way, let's crap all over grades. All right, so I guess the, the easiest way to start here is uh what is the biggest stress for students in school it's been a long time since i've been a student Tarun, biggest stress for students in school
3: uh probably grades um and like pressure i guess um because like parents like if you want to play on your xbox when you get home you're gonna have to get like good grades because if you are like not studying then that's like not good for your learning but it's also the student just wants to play on whatever they're doing.
0: Yeah, Tarun, I hear you. So the, so is the stress that goes along with it or is that like pressure? Is it because of like grades are the center of that pressure? Yeah. Cool. Mason, biggest stress for students in school?
2: I also agree that's grades, but it's also like getting assignments due on time. And like also adding on to what Tarun was saying, like if you don't get a good grade, then – your parents will be disappointed in you. And then next time they're going to make you study and then you will have enough time to like do what you want to do.
0: Oh man. Isn't that the worst when they're disappointed? You're like, could you stop being disappointed? Could you just be mad? Can you yell? Can you like tape my, can you take my April O'Neil action figure and break her legs? Yeah, dad, I'm still scarred from that. Thanks. But oh, disappointed. That's the worst, right? Danielle, biggest stress I've shared too much biggest stress this episode is going to go right off the rails it's going to become like a therapy session what <laughs> biggest stress for students in school
1: i'm gonna say you know I, I think it's also probably grades i think that's something that not only are you really putting that pressure on yourself for you know your own um reasons like for example if you're a high school student i see this a lot like you really want to get into this college etc etc but there's also that stress from your parents like Tarun said but also you know teachers who you want to have good relationships as well as friends who like Mason and Tarun said you know if you fail a test you're not going to be able to play Fortnite or Minecraft or whatever it is with your friends and then they're going to be like what you doing dude?
0: All right, so obviously three for three, the biggest stress for students in school, it sounds like everything is either grades or things that kind of surround or build off of grades. So I kind of started realizing or kind of, obviously I've realized this since like I was in school uh, and I realized this even more so as soon as I started teaching, how much stress students put on themselves or parents, how much pressure parents put on uh, students to, to achieve good grades and all that. But so it wasn't probably until I'd say maybe four or five years ago where it kind of was like this spiritual awakening um, where, you know, I was, I've been guilty of it where I talk about grades, like you're going to do poorly on this and then your grades going to suffer. And it didn't start kind of dawning on me. I don't know exactly when or where or how it happened, but uh, I I made a conscious decision on a back to school night, which was dangerous um, to denounce the overall importance or to stop talking or making the focus of our conversation about grades. Uh, And I definitely was sweating a lot because I'm like, okay, we haven't even gotten through like a month of school yet. And I'm standing up now in front of a bunch of adults that are older than me. And uh, they're my kids' parents. And I'm going to try to tell them confidently that grades don't matter. I'm going to try to tell them that and then immediately try to make my next point before they like jump up and like body slam me through a table. And basically this story I think in this podcast kind of has for me at least has to start there because that was a really big moment of growth for me where I ended up telling the parents that night that I felt like if we're making our focus only on the grade or the goal, more on that analogy later, uh, that we're kind of being really short-sighted. We're looking at things as just like, let me just achieve this grade and then be done with it. Um, and then that grade tends to define my self-worth as a student. And that's not always good because we're always thinking like, oh, I can do better. And basically the conversation went really well. I had a parent come up to me after and was just like, I really agree with all the things you said. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because uh, I thought I thought he was going to slam me. Uh, but we had this really amazing conversation. I remember less of what I said to the parents and more of what this conversation with this, uh, this father and I had, which he said, whose fault is this? And I was like, I don't know, not me. Uh, but he was like, no, really, like whose fault is this? Because he's like, you know, as parents, everything you said is so true. We put this stress on them. We only touch base with our, with our kids about their grades, not about the learning especially in eighth grade, the conversation probably, and you guys could speak to this. So you tell me your thoughts. He said, you know, it's not like I'm asking my, my son or daughter, like, what did you learn today? It's more of like, did you get all your work done? What's your grade? And then like, that's kind of the extent of the conversation at this age. You guys agree with that?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, and obviously we're, we're painting with a broad with broad strokes here, right? There may be some really amazing parents, not that your parents aren't amazing, but like, there may be some, you know, like parents that are like, that are having these really, really deep connective conversations about like, this is the skill. Like what skill did you learn? Oh, that's interesting. Like, where do you think that could be helpful in your life? But realistically, parents are busy. Um, so he asked, is it the parents' fault? Because we don't like delve deeper into the conversation about like, what skills they're learning? Or is it the school's fault? Because that's really all they use to assess and to, placement and to really look at the students that's all they do and then the district stresses that out to the parents and the communities and then the parents kind of have to buy into that so it's like this vicious cycle and he was like he was like or is it the teachers and it was just this really great conversation where I was like I remember just looking at him and asking like I I don't know the I don't know the answer like I felt like I needed to have the answer and he was like no I don't know the answer either but I just think it's Interesting to try to see where it starts or which one of those three parties, schools, parents, or teachers could like resist that or fight back on that, fight back on that, that's so extreme, but like where they can kind of like change the dynamic of the conversation. So that's kind of where all this started. And now ever since then, back to school night, to my students probably like almost on every other week basis, I'm constantly trying to reinforce the idea that like your grades aren't everything. Uh, And in fact, those people who've either had me as a teacher who are listening or currently here or currently have me as a teacher, um, you'll, you've either seen or you will see that in order to have a conversation about that number, it has to be like, what skills can I show improvement in? And can I then build off those skills? Because then I could answer that question. Can't answer the question of like, what can I do to get a 90? I don't know, score one more point. It's just the number. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Basically, my argument has been, and I tell my students, I tell my students' parents, if you're reaching out to me about an assessment, let's make it about what skills that I struggle on, what skills can I do better, what skills do I need to refine? Because then if we focus on the skills, the grade will ensue. The grade that you want will be there. That's the result of focusing on the skills. If the only concern is what can I do to get a 90? Well, a 90 or all of those, that final average is built up of so many different assessments that are assessing so many different skills that the answer would almost have to be like 17 paragraphs long. So uh, in thinking about how to make sense of this to a wider audience, this is not just students listening to this. Uh, It's not just uh, current students or former students. It's like there's, you know, we're downloaded in 35 states across the, the country. We're downloaded in like 20 countries. I think we're at 20 now. Um, so, you know, we're move over Pitbull. I'm Mr. Worldwide. Oh God. So I had an analogy that I will go with. And those of you who know me know that I am either really great at analogies or I suck at analogies. So hopefully this one is the, is the former. So I will share, uh, my personal goals. So I am, uh, Fitness and weightlifting has been something that has been an enormous part of my life for a long time. Um, And as I get older, it just continues to grow in importance. So for me, uh, I look at the grade as your goal, GG. It's very nice, easy alliteration to remember. And I think of the skills as your applications or the things you're doing to get you to that goal. So for me, fitness is a huge part of my life. I have a new personal goal. Uh, I'm trying to hit uh, a max deadlift of 400 pounds. So if you are trying to get to this goal, you can't just keep doing that. I can't keep loading up 400 pounds on the floor and then try to pull it. I can't like just chug an extra cup of coffee and be like, pull harder. Right. Cause what parents will say the same thing, try harder. And you're like, Well, I, I, but I'm, I'm struggling with this skill. I'm struggling to get to this goal of an 85. I'm struggling to get to this goal of a 90. And you can't just pull harder. You have to work on smaller things on the side, accessory things, or in my case, accessory lifts that will help strengthen weaker areas of your body or of that skill that you are working on in whatever subject it might be. So the, for me, it's, you're, you're trying to actually figure out ways. And if I, again, if for me, if I'm going to hit 400 pounds, like I'm never going to just keep loading up the bar and then just keep trying to pull it. I have to work on where's my weaknesses? Is it my hamstrings? Is it lockout? Is it getting it off the floor? Like, where am I struggling to make this thing happen? And then if I rectify those, those areas of weakness, then I might have a chance of attaining that goal. But I think that unfortunately, students a lot of times, They focus on like whatever goal they have. And that's all they do. They go, I want to get a 90. I want to get on a roll. it's like, okay, cool. What are you doing to get there? Uh, I don't know. I just, I want to get on a roll. I want to get a 90. Okay. So like what are you doing to fortify those weaknesses or those gaps in your ability to help you? And the answer is always, I don't know. I don't know. What analogies can you guys think of that, because I could think of like 10 other ones, you know, like I can think of even like if you're trying to be more confident, it's like confidence is your goal. You want to be more confident. So you have to do little things to get you more confident. Strike up a conversation with a stranger for two minutes. It's going to help you get more confident. Say something more than just, Hey, or good. When someone's like, how are you? Or "hi." It's going to help you build up that confidence. Tarun, what's a, an analogy that you can kind of think of maybe to make sense of it? Not everybody is trying to deadlift 400 pounds.
3: Um, it's sort of like uh, if you're flying somewhere. Uh, so it's like if you um, go to like Africa or somewhere.
0: All right.
3: Um, and it's like on the way there, you're going to go through like probably multiple flights. Like um, if you live in like California, like to New Jersey and then a full flight to Africa. And sort of like that experience is better than just, I wanna to get to Africa. It's sort of like the, the travel there is like the learning process, but wow. the grade itself is sort of just like the destination.
0: I love that Tarun. The journey is important. Mason, can you think of any analogies that make this make sense for you? When I
2: think of that, I think of like trying to be in the moment and not worrying about the future. Like for example, like if you, If you are, like, if you're traveling somewhere, I'm going to build off of what you're saying, or not traveling, like, if you're, you have to go somewhere for work. Like, say you have to study in Italy. So you go to Italy, and then, and you get there. And on the way home, you get stuck in another country, like, because the, you have two flights, and and then the flight gets delayed. And instead of, like, worrying, like, oh, my God, when am I going to get home? You like you go around that country and you, you just stay in the moment and you have a, a better time than nice I, what you have to do in the future.
0: I, I love that. I think like athletes call that like trusting the process,
2: yeah,
0: right. And the process is like, let's keep working on these skills, let's keep doing these drills, or like, let's keep working on this assignment or whatever skill that we're working on within the assignment. And like, we'll get to that goal eventually. You can't just be like. Yeah, we're going to turn this thing around. The Jets are going to be a Super Bowl contender. Well, that's the goal. Or if you're a Mets fan, you heard Stevie Cohen talk about like win a World Series in four to five years. But if he's only talking about the goal and never actually starts doing things buy some players, invest in your, your farm system, right, shed bad contracts. Like Those are the things you have to do on a day to day. That is kind of living in the moment. Mason, I love that. Danielle, what about for you? What's an analogy that can help make sense of this? Because we're hoping that four different analogies, five if you count the confidence one, will we'll at least get our listeners to be like, all right, I, this makes sense.
1: Full circle. Um, so yeah, now I was going to kind of build a little bit on what Mason was saying, whereas he said, um, stay in the moment. Um, and what I was going to say, and I think a lot of high school students, um, especially upperclassmen, you know, like juniors and seniors, think a lot about the future. Mm. Say like, if I do this now, here are all of these skills I could build up on now. This is what will help me get to like my career, for example. So, um, like for for me personally, I love musical theater, acting has always been kind of my thing. However, you know, it's not the most stable career path. And while if I can pursue it, I definitely would or or will. Um, But another thing I really enjoy is psychology. you see, the thing is, I'm not just going to like take like AP psych. I'm not going to just take child development and say, okay, I got an A. I'm going to do other things too to try and supplement that. So it's just think about, I guess, kind of like a marathon, if you will. Like you think about the end and what will be at the end. But like Mason said, you also have to focus on the now.
0: Well, First of all, at no point has any student ever asked me, what any of my grades were in any education class in grad school, or what any of my grades are, were in any English class from grades one through 12. Not one of you, but you trust my expertise. How backwards is that? It's because you've all admitted by not saying or not asking, now I'm gonna have a whole bunch of sixth graders, seventh graders and eighth graders like harassing their teachers. Like, I would like to know your grade on your uh, history class from your seventh grade. The teacher's gonna be like, seventh grade? That was like 45 years ago, I don't remember. But seriously, I don't remember. And I don't think anyone cares what your grades were because if you don't have those skills that can help you, you're useless. That surgeon, the surgeon that aced his like anatomy class, good for him, I don't care. I just want to know that when he opens me up and then closes me back up, everything is where it's supposed to be and that it's working properly. Mason.
2: Especially now with, like, online school. Yeah. There's obviously a big part of it is people cheating. And if you think about it, if you're in high school and you cheat on every test you have, you get into a good college, and then you get to college, things are most likely going to be back to normal, and you don't know a thing. Say you find a way to cheat your way through college, you get to your career, and you have no clue what to do. And I feel like if you cheat now, you're thinking, "Oh, I'll just get through this. I'll just get through this test, and everything will be fine." But you also have to think about well, what are you going to do in the future when you're not at home and you actually have to do stuff.
0: Oh yeah, we weren't going to go down that route, Tarun. Go ahead. Also, sort of like what Mason said.
3: Um, I'm not going to say any names, but like. I know people who <laughs>
0: drop have, names, dude, do it. And then we'll public. No, I'm just kidding. Don't
3: um, like there's people I know who like have cheated on like big tests and like um, CAs and stuff over um, virtually. And so like, like my main motivation to like, just keep it like do my work properly is like sort of uh, sort of like what Mason said. I'm literally not going to get a job if I'm, if I just have the grade. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Or you'll get the job and they get fired immediately when like that person dies on your OR, like in your operating room. Granted, obviously, hope that doesn't happen. Some people will be like, oh, that's too extreme. That's too extreme. I don't know. Cheating and cheaters, they get caught. Okay. So what made you want to be a part of this episode in particular? What's been your experience shifting your mindset from making it all about the grade to more of an embracing of the focusing on the skills and the process.
2: For me, I felt like this topic has been something I always thought about, like how, like, it's very, especially at home, like you you know that people are like sharing answers everywhere and they're cheating. It's very tempting to just like, let me just search it up. But for me, like, I feel like I just have that guilt of like cheating. And then, and then I realize like, if I do cheat, I'm not, I'm not understanding. I'm not learning anything. And I feel like if I don't learn anything and I get a grade, it's not worth it.
0: Oh yeah, totally. All right. Tarun, what about you? Um, So, I mean, it's like for most
3: of my life, um, I've usually like been like a good student. um, And so like, that's uh, for me, it's like because I'm actually learning and not just like, Having a marker uh, full of answers like in my pocket <laughs> um, <laughs> um and so like um I think like that's sort of the worst part of it. It's like if you get in trouble, like you know it, but it like you're not in trouble yet, like that feeling in your stomach it's not a pleasant experience, yeah, so it's like if you cheat, you're gonna like have that continuously, and that's just like, not a pleasant experience,
0: oh my god, dude, it this sounds like there's like. A, there has to be a story here, either for you, uh, Tarun, or or for Mason. I feel like both of you seem to have such like a strong disdain uh, and such strong feelings towards uh, against cheating and, and towards just like great work ethic, which is an amazing thing. But I, I'm just curious if there is like a if there's a backstory here or some kind of experience that you had with. Cheating or with like the guilt associated with like not doing things maybe entirely the right way. Uh and go ahead. What are you what are you thinking here? Um so actually in
3: like kindergarten, um me and my like best friends, uh like we didn't cheat, but like we always sat next to ch- next to each other in tests and like or not tests, but like spelling tests and like if you know your ABCs.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and, uh one time he like was caught cheating. Um and so Like I just like witnessed sort of that aroma because after that, like we were friends. And so like he explained like how that feeling was and sort of that, that was just like, sort of like PTSD for me. And I don't like want to cheat.
0: Awesome. Danielle, what about you? Where do you feel like there was an experience for you at any point that kind of was like a a turning point for you as far as changing your focus from the grades to focusing on the skills?
1: Honestly, for me, I I think it was, pretty recently because I honestly, I'm, I'm still a little bad about it. I am trying to be better about it, but I just put so much weight on my grades. Like I'll, I'll get a B and I'll be like, what is this? Um, Cause I'm just really a tryhard when it comes to school, especially stuff um, that people have told me I'm good at um but you know recently I stayed up really late I think this was like freshman year and I'm a sophomore so it's like freshman year one night I just stayed up like ridiculously late getting ahead on stuff I really didn't need to mm-hmm. and I I spoke to one of my friends the next morning and he was like why <laughs> like why did why did you do that to yourself like take a nap, like, <laughs> I was like, you know what, you right, you're right, like, I, I'm not training the aquatic formula or whatever it was I was doing, um, by staying up till 3 a.m. working on it, you know, like, that's something, it's a skill, and I was staying up late because I was focusing on the grade, because there's a point where if you get really busy, and you're not at your most productive point, you may slip up and not on an assignment. And you know, it may reflect your grade negatively. But that doesn't mean you don't have that skill. That means maybe you were just having an off day, maybe you were procrastinating. And you also have to think what the source is of that procrastination, you know, stress, um, anxiety, whether it just be general, or when it comes to school, you know, like when you procrastinate, you're avoiding a lot of negativity.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I feel like we, we might be opening up a can of worms a little bit here and this could be dangerous, but I, I think that what you're saying here is really great. Like just because you struggle and you get a bad grade does not mean that you don't know the skill. I mean, and look, that's so hard for students to Completely embrace, especially at this stage in middle school. Uh, but I really think like this goes back to the whole idea of you have to trust the process. And I I know that that's sometimes a bit cliche to say that, but like it it may not happen on the first shot. It may not happen on the third. Like learning can be messy, and pr- uh, learning is not always linear. So you may not see that you're actually improving. And also, I think it's unfair to think that you're going to ace everything that you do, especially when for for some of these skills, this may be the first time that you're doing it. So of course, it's going to be unfair to put those expectations that you're going to ace it, that you're going to get a 99 and that's going to help you get into that high school that you want or whatever. The first time you're learning a skill, there, there is a learning process. Okay, so Danielle, the reason I I asked you when you thought that that change started happening in eighth grade, one of the things that I have my students do at the end of the year is they do a end of year reflection essay. So they do two paragraphs, basically.
1: It was probably you. <laughs>
0: they pick one skill that they excelled in for the year, and they pick one skill that they struggled on throughout the year in my class. And basically the quick rundown on it is they have to write about how that one of the things they have to write about in each paragraph is how that particular skill is needed to help them be a better person. So they are banned from talking about school or getting a job or how this is going to help them get into a good high school, which help them get to a good college. Ultimately, nobody cares where you went to college. So what I wanted my students to focus on, what I encouraged them to focus on, was how the skills will help them be a better human being, help them with their relationships, help them be a better communicator, help them be a better uh, just observer of the world, even if they're if they're that type of inquisitive mind. So uh, I actually think that the change began happening, began to happen in eighth grade for you. And I want to read you an excerpt from your end-of-year reflection essay. Okay, so the skill that you focused on for your weak point was passive and active voice. Interesting choice. And part of your paragraph, I'm just going to read it, you said, quote, "...through this struggle, however, I learned more about myself as a person. I realize that sometimes I'm not the most clear with what I say." I will absolutely need this skill in the future. It's important to know how to convey thoughts in a correct way so there's no potential confusion with any point I'm trying to get across. I've had relationships in the past that haven't gone as smoothly in the past purely because of communication issues. Achieving this skill will help me in many aspects of my life, not only as a person, but for my career and future in general. Nobody wants to work with someone who can't communicate.
1: I said that? Yeah. Wow, go me.
0: Seriously, right? Wow. Yeah. So like I, I, the reason I asked was because I felt like you were I, – I felt like you had – like this change had like started to really happen or at least I noticed it through your words back in eighth grade sooner than you kind of, I guess, were realizing that it was happening. And I think that's the thing. Like the takeaway with this is that just like the skills, they take a while to develop. And sometimes we don't even see them developing when we're in the midst of it. It's I, – the I, the horrible analogy that's so lame is it's like you don't see yourself growing when you're physically changing like you don't like look in the mirror and just go whoa I look totally different than I did back in 6th grade it it's kind of like you look back on a picture and you realize how different you looked uh, or how different you currently look but you don't see the changes as they're happening and i think with learning and the skills that's kind of how it go that's how it goes okay so and i think what happens here is the students you know when we become so focused on the grade the goal instead of the skill you know grades are just numbers and unfortunately if the only thing we care about is the number a lot of times students end up seeing themselves unfortunately as that number and the problem with numbers is then you end up not being good enough. One, numbers don't paint the entire picture of a student or as a person, uh, but then the dialogue that students start having is, I'm only an 87, I'm only a 72, I can only be a 94. And then that dialogue becomes very damaging because the student only looks at him or herself as not good enough. But if you focus on learning, which is a lifelong process made up of multiple skills, I think that it becomes a little bit easier than to look at just the grade as like okay, I'm just I'm trying to get here as a goal, and if I do, I'm still learning in the process. So I imagine like imagine you're being admitted to a high school, or if you're in a job application, um, an interview, or some sorts, and the question is like name a class that you've taken and what did you learn in that class. Would you have nothing to say? Would you just blank out and basically just be like, oh, I learned uh, science, math things. What if instead you were able to have an answer about like skills that you learned and then be able to address how like, you know, and, and yeah, that's a skill that I need in English or that's a skill that I need in science, but I know that in, in general, in life, in relationships, in, com- in being able to be an effective communicator, I'm gonna need this to be able to do this. Just imagine the look on the person's face that is interviewing you and how pretty much of a slam dunk that would be that you're going to get that job or you're going to get that you know that chance to be a part of that school. What that says is it shows such an enthusiasm for learning. Mason, go ahead.
2: I feel like when some people might agree and some might disagree, but in the long run, school is not only meant for you to prepare for a test it's really meant to teach and prepare students for the life ahead of them and when students don't understand that they think that if they don't study if they don't get a good grade on one test it's going to determine their whole future and that's not true
0: yeah and like I'm not actually you know I think back to all my uh all the recommendations that that I've ever done for a student applying to high schools or colleges or jobs later on down the line. And for 11 years, I've never looked at gradebook before I sit down to write the recommendation for them. I'm always just, and I'm not the only teacher who does this. I think most of us are doing this. We're reflecting on your ability to acquire these skills and and your application of the skills. And just, we're talking about you as a person in general, nowhere in that conversation really is there room For us to say a number, we put in the number where it's like, what is he or she currently averaging in your class? And it's like, okay, here's a number is like a quick way to get data about your ability to do the skill. But we, I talk about things like your love for learning, or how receptive you are to feedback, uh, or how you're able to make meaning of the skills that we're working on where it's more than just regurgitate the skill on a test, or on a quiz or some type of assessment. So what are your thoughts
3: um so i think like the only reason they actually take in gradebook is so they sort of can comprehend your ability watching the whole your whole year of classes um and so it's like um an easy it's like a short answer explanation uh to how you are but even if you're like you're the most arrogant kid in the world you like straight um straight 100s then they're going to like accept you for like two days and then just kick you out. Cause um, most schools, like they also look into who you are because they're basically like raising you and they're like setting you up for success. Like they don't want to like, I mean, like kind of like ruin the reputation, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I think this is kind of where we have to like circle back a little bit too, Tarun, because you know, grades are important. The whole premise of this episode is that they're not the most important thing and they're that, that, Students maybe should start to embrace students, parents, and schools. Like we should start maybe trying to embrace shifting our focus, just maybe a bit more. Not saying that people aren't, but that they're not the most important thing. But they still are important. They still have value. I'm not saying get rid of grades as a whole, because you know when we're talking about just applying to schools or placement, like we need to know that you can do these skills. Right? We can't just be like, wow, great, you're a wonderful person. You're so fantastic, and you work so hard. But you're running a sixty-two, Mason. You agree with this?
2: So what I've learned from like the application process was I saw on one of the slideshows that the some schools, like most schools, out of like uh, out of our district, they they don't really look at grades for a huge percent of it. They really mm-hmm. look at like that test that you take in your application, and that goes to show that grades aren't everything
0: yeah i love that
3: oh yeah i just want to say one last thing yeah um so a lot of um like a lot of people are smart but like they only do it for the school or for the grade um and so like a lot of high schools uh um especially like the big ones or colleges um they look into like your full year so it's like on the initial application, they say they're only looking for like your first semester or your first um, like marking period. Um, but it. they, li- um, but even if you get like accepted, um, they still like look at your whole transcript and ask for it. Because if they see like you went from nineties and a to like straight seventies,
0: <laughs> they're, they're
3: just going to reject
0: you. Oh, I love it. Yeah. You know why I love that so much. It feels like it's dishonest. Um, and I, I, I love it because – like, I, I love the idea of, like, saying it's not going to count and then, like, yes, you know what, but let me see what that says about you as, like, as a person and your work ethic because I am going to look at it even though I said it's not going to count. I love that, Tarun. Mason, go ahead.
2: Another thing with, like, with like looking at grades not just, like, the first marking period is, like, you – You're say you're virtual for the first two marking periods, and you get nineties, hundreds, like straight A's. Then you go back to school, like everyone's back to school, for like Mm -hmm. say the last marking period or so, and you you totally you just your grades go from really high to just very low. That says a lot about you and how you probably cheated to get your grades that high. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And the focus is then on the number and it's on nothing else. And then like, all right, great. What do you have to show for yourself now? You you can't do the skill. So where, so the learning process obviously is a process that means that you're not going to perfectly get it right on the first try. Where have you seen, we're going to kind of combine these next two sections where, what has been your um, experience with redos, retakes, revisions, and where have you had teachers that have kind of, encourage that part of the learning process because this might make some fellow teachers a little bit angry if i if i say that i think to not allow some type of do-over i don't know how to word it i don't i don't actually believe in redos we'll talk about the difference in a little bit but i think if you're not going to allow those things then you are in a way putting more emphasis on the grade and the number than on the skill because the skill is an evolving thing. Danielle, what's been your experience with this?
1: I was gonna say out of all the teachers I've ever had, you were probably the biggest on this. Um, I've had a couple other teachers also be like, either here are things that, you know, let's do. Maybe I could, you know, do this and this could help your grade a little bit. and um, However, with your, like, assignment refinement, I remember a lot Mm. of
2: people
1: utilized that, and I remember looking back at um, this essay I was, like, really confident on, and I didn't do poorly on it. I think I got, like, a B or something, and I was like, huh, that's, like, interesting. I, you know, I thought I did a little better, and I remember rereading it and being like, wow, I get grammar. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) You know, just helpful things like that. And I, I think it's so helpful when teachers do that because I mean, yes, the grade itself is being improved and that's really what feeds a lot of people's egos and, and or I guess confidence and what have you, but also you're still improving. You know yeah. what you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Cause it's all, like, if we're focusing on the skill, it's about just getting better.
2: When teachers allow you to do those revisions and retakes, it's not only helping, helping you understand what you didn't under, like what you didn't understand priorly, but it's also helping the teacher understand like maybe what they have to teach, not better, but like emphasize more so that in the future, students will be able to succeed in it rather than like succeed on the first trial rather than having to retake it or do revisions.
0: Interesting. You know, I'm almost kind of hearing the way I'm hearing or processing some of that Mason is like, you know, if I give you another chance to do something and then we meet, we conference and then like you do it again and like, you're still struggling with it. I I wonder how much of it is like on me.
1: I feel like it in some cases does put the focus a little bit, bit on the grade because you know sometimes you you are going to be boosting someone's grade on like an essay or whatever it may be however regardless of whether or not the student's grade raises they are still improving in the skill so I I think it's a little bit more about the student's mindset like are they going to be trying to do this refinement for the skill or for the grade if they're doing it for the skill the grade's probably going to end up being better because they're probably going to be paying more mind to things they should be I love but that. i mean if they are focusing on the grade it's still very possible that they could get you know a lot of those points that they wanted but you know even if they are focusing on the grade they are still by default, learning that skill again, and they don't even realize it. So that's very smart. Uh, I, I could say that's what you were intending,
0: uh, Danielle. You have such great uh, perspective and intuition on this after a year of obviously seeing that happening. Uh, yeah, because sure, it's the only, and there are students who are just like. I don't care about any of this nonsense, reflection and making my work better. If I could get up to 14 points of my essay, joke's on him. And I'm like, listen, joke's on you because you're going to reflect and you're going to go through and like make changes to every comment I've left you and then categorize it based on the rubric, which is double reflection because now you're starting to understand what skill out of those six that are on the rubric you struggle with the most. And then you start realizing, oh, snap, I'm having a lot of trouble with organization. You may not even realize it consciously, but it's happening. And Danielle, I love that you recognize that. Tarun.
3: Um, So last year, um, I'm not going to say the teacher's name because they had like a different (laughs) teaching. It's all good. Uh, Yeah. And so every test, like no matter what you got, you got to you were allowed to redo it. And so like one day you just came to extra help and you did the test again and he just took whatever higher grades you had. Um, and I don't, like I made use of it, but like I didn't really think it was like a great way to like, show how you improved because if you're just taking the better grade, um, then like if you think you did, like if you got a 70 on the first test and you got like a 10 on the next test, um, I think you should be taking the 10 because you're you've like showed the you've been given the opportunity to like show that you can improve, but you haven't made use of it. So if you think you're improving is just getting a 10, then I think you should just like go with the 10.
0: Yeah, I hear you. And I think also like if you're going to take the same assessment again, look, and I understand teachers who are like ready to fire off angry emails at me. Like I understand why teachers would just say, you can retake the test. But for me, like, I don't know, I just, I feel my philosophy is like life is very rarely gonna present you with the exact same scenario two times in a row. It might be similar uh, in nature, but it's never gonna be like exactly the same thing twice where it's like, go ahead, redo that, try that again. Um, which is why I actually, I, I really dislike the, the word redo or retake. Uh, To me, it's more of like, it's show me your learning, show me in like a reflection, show me why this skill is important for you. Show me that more than you just giving me the right answer. If I had to choose between the two, I'd much rather have you write a paragraph explaining why that skill is important. Even if you are BSing it just to get your grade higher, you're still forcing your, I'm still forcing you to reflect on why that skill might be important to you. And I'm getting you to think about why that skill might be important and how you can show growth with that. And you explaining that, there's the learning. There is the learning right there. It's not going, oh, the answer was A, I chose B. Okay, I'm going to circle A now. True. go ahead.
3: Um, I just wanted to say like one more thing. So yeah. uh, before I moved to the school, I went to private school. And so um, there, they didn't have like the A, B, C, D, um, or ABCD um, uh, sort of grade scale. They had uh, like a one through five sort of development skill. Ooh, so, cool. yeah. So instead of like, um, oh, you got an A, it's like you demonstrated mastery and that didn't like really reflect on you. It just showed that you just need more help in this. So in the future years you at the school or the future marking periods or semesters that you had, uh, the teacher um, would sort of focus on that skill if like a majority of the class had a problem on it.
0: Awesome. I love that. Uh, and I think that's that's in nature, I think what a lot of you know us teachers do in general, right?
2: So I just wanted to say that like, when you do those revisions, you're looking at the comments and you're seeing what you did wrong. But then some teachers, unlike Mr. Ancona, Oh, they, stop it comment the negatives and I feel like when teachers don't like comment anything on stuff that you well on like you don't you feel like you see all the bad stuff about it and you don't realize like you have some strengths
0: yeah I think you have to hear positives because otherwise how do you know to repeat it what can teachers what can students what can parents do to buy into this idea that grades aren't the end-all be-all what's something that teachers, students, and parents, what can they do to kind of buy in more effectively?
1: It's about now, but it's about the future too. So really, it's about looking out for yourself, but also other people around you. And you're gonna, you know, improve on skills. And that's really what it's about.
0: And I think, you know, one thing, Danielle, that you kind of mentioned also in there was like, the idea of, keep your, the adults at home, keep them invested, keep them involved in this conversation because then, then you can have two out of three parties, student and parent, having this conversation about the skills. And then if the teacher is the one that really kind of focuses on the grades, you can get them to focus on just like, how do I get better at this skill? And then vice versa. If, if the student buys in, then student and teacher can have this conversation about we're working on the skills. The, the grades are benchmarks. They're kind of like, like levels in a way that help us like understand how far we're getting but we can still have these really great conversations about improving the skill what we can do to get those skills better Mason go ahead
2: another big thing is having your parents having your teachers and having yourself all work together so that you not only because if your parents understand that grades aren't everything and they understand that just by asking what did you get on your test like like it just puts extra stress if they understand that then it will help you and your teachers understand that learning the topic is much more important than getting an a
0: so i think mason to help the parents get there i think we can maybe help our parents out a little maybe don't let the conversation die at what did you get on the test let that be the beginning of a conversation not what'd you get on the test 92 cool bye. Where'd you get on the test? 70. What the heck happened? What's the matter with you? You're a failure. You're going to go live out on the street now. Bye. (laughs) Let that be a launching point for, okay, whether it's 92 or a grade that they're not happy with. Okay. What were some of the skills that they were focusing on? Where, what skills did you feel like you really were good at? What skills do you feel like you're going to have to keep getting better at because they're going to keep popping up, right? Some skills are a little isolated on depending on certain subjects, but a lot of skills they're cumulative. We're building on these skills um, specifically, so it's like where you know where are those skills going to come up later on down the line, or you know how have you gotten better at the skill since the last time you had anything that assessed that particular skill? Great, you you you. You, you got an essay back from Ancona and you got this great. Okay, great, you got that great. Uh, how'd you do on your intro? Cause I know that your intro was something you were struggling on the last essay and the last essay and you've been making progress. Did you make progress over here on this one? Look at the comments, were they positive? Were they negative? Look at the rubric, where did you fall in there? And I think that's one way to kind of encourage parents to be able to jump on board with this and have this conversation with their students or with their kids, whatever. They're young people that they're in charge of at home so that they can then get back to the things that matter to them, playing their Xbox and playing Fortnite. Because I think right back to that conversation I had with that parent at back-to-school night, it's like, who's to blame for this? So no one's to blame. It's just we all have to try to figure out a way to get on the same page. Awesome. So I want to make sure I thank Tarun, Mason, Danielle for coming back for another one, coming back to Memorial, kind of, virtually. Uh, You guys were so amazing. So fantastic. Nobody will know that this thing was broken down into like two different recordings, two different computers, two different files, seven different files. No one's going to know any of that, which is great. Really great conversation about focusing on learning, not on the grades. If you are interested in getting on a future episode of the monarchy experience, you know where to find me, shoot an email, reach out on reach out reach out on twitter at the monarch experience or the monarch xp uh make sure that you're following us on snapchat at the monarch experience podcast Uh, you can find i'm not even going to tell you where to find episodes you know where to find episodes otherwise how are you listening to this that doesn't make any sense stay healthy stay hungry see ya